Okay, so at this time, we will have our first message today brought to us by Mr. Ron Wilhoyt. Good afternoon, everyone. Red's good job on the shofar. I'll tell you what, I looked at you doing that and I said, I don't know if I'd have the wind to do that this morning. Covered and cleansed. I tell you what, I have been, I never knew my mind could go to the places it's been this week when thinking about atonement and thinking about that last song that you all sang so beautifully. It's incredible words of what this day represents. I know sometimes we can kind of get into that feast gear where we just kind of want to bypass today and start thinking about tabernacles. But this is the Day of Atonement. Such an incredible day with the fullness and the richness that we have in scriptures that are being revealed to us each year as we participate in this day. I want to begin with something. I'm actually putting together another article and I want to begin today's message with part of that article. The psalmist understood that the feasts, the appointed times, the moed, the psalmist understood that these were established at the fourth day of creation. It was for the moed, it was for the feasts, it was for his appointed times that there actually is day. The psalmist understood that it was for the Moed, for the feast, that there actually is night. And that when you look at the designed result of the fourth day, the fourth day of creation, it is the revelation. It's the schedule. It is the timing of his appointed times, which are so beautifully kind of sequentially laid out for us in Leviticus 23. I know that the first time that I meditated upon that, I was probably closed-mouthed for several hours to think that why there is a sun and to why that there is a moon, why there is day and why there is night is so we can be here and meet with him on his appointed times. It's life-changing, and it's absolutely incredible to make that connection as the Eternal lays out in Leviticus. He says, concerning the feasts. Concerning the feasts of the Most High, we can then go back to Genesis and read concerning the feasts from Leviticus 23 that God once said, let there be lights in the firmament, right? Concerning the feasts of the Most High, God says in Genesis, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and let them be for Moed, His feasts, His appointed times, to which the psalmist understood to which the psalmist concurs when he says that he appointed, he appointed the moon for what? For the feasts, for his moed. It's incredible 
to engage with God in something that he had established before he blew the breath into Adam's very formed nostrils. That here we are on his day of atonement, anticipating yet another Feast of Tabernacles. He appointed the moon for seasons, for feasts for Moab. So what about today, this day of atonement? There's so much that comes to mind in atonement, even in just that last song that they sang. There's so much that the mind wants to grab hold of in thanksgiving, in praise for what has been done for us to enable us to walk this revealed path of restoration to ultimately dwell with Him. But thinking of atonement, as Matt was mentioning in the the meeting just prior to, to coming out where we pray for one another and pray for this service, there's definitely a fragileness about us, isn't there? I mean, the temporariness of it all is so evident maybe even just halfway through the Day of Atonement. And like my wife was saying, there's nothing more temporary than your last drink. (laughs) It's very profound. The Day of Atonement, the significance of this day in the progressive unfolding of the Master Plan. Where this day fits in the unfolding of the Master Plan. We have the High Priest. The details about the high priest, the details about his raiment, how he was attired to fulfill his scheduled and structured duties. What about the offerings? The blood, the two goats, the incense, the veil, and the Holy of Holies. But as we look at Leviticus 23-28... Concerning the feasts, how Leviticus begins, concerning the feasts, and concerning the feasts, we can look back to Genesis 1 and realize that there were lights to divide the day and the night for the revelation and the giving of his incredible appointed times. But as we look at this verse, we read it it is a day of atonement to make an atonement. We're familiar with a day of atonement, Yom Kippur, right? A day of atonement. But to make an atonement is not Kippur. It's Kafar. As we look at Leviticus and we understand that the, what I call the lesson of first occurrence to where we see a word that intrigues us like feasts does in Leviticus, and that we find the lesson of first occurrence back in Genesis, as we look at this word here in the command for this day, this day of atonement, to make atonement, looking at this word kafar, to make an atonement, in the lesson of first occurrence, does it surprise you that we have to go to the ark? to find the first occurrence of Kephar. Now, not the ark of Shittim wood, okay? Not the ark that was to be covered with gold and then borne upon the shoulders. 
as David found out it was to be carried. Talking about in the days of Noah, that ark, the ark made of gopher wood. So as we look at Genesis 6, 14, we find the first occurrence, the lesson of the first occurrence of this Hebrew word kafar, rendered to make an atonement on this Yom Kippur, this Day of Atonement. Genesis 6.14 says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shall you make in the ark, and you shall pitch it. Pitch. Kafar. Rendered one time, pitch. But kafar means to cover. Kafar means to cover. To make an atonement, kafar means to cover. To cover over. To be covered over. But what strikes me so much about this verse is what comes next. He says, Make you an ark of gopher wood, room shalt thou make in the ark, and you shall cover it how? Within and without. See, the ark was to be covered, okay, within and without. Okay, let's think about that just a second. You're on the Day of Atonement, in which we read in Leviticus, to make an atonement from the Hebrew kafar, finding the first time in Scripture that we see this in the time of Noah concerning the ark where it was to be covered within and without, right? What was it about the ark? The ark was a, it was a covenant vessel. The ark was a covenant vessel, covered within and covered without, enabling it to endure, enabling it to withstand, and enabling it to complete God's specific purpose. Before the ark was ready, when the last piece of gopher wood was put in place, Scripture tells us that it was covered within and without, enabling it to do what God designed it to do. It's a covenant vessel, and it sounds a lot like each one of you. For each one of us are a covenant vessel. And today we realize that we've been covered within, and we've been covered without. Praise God we've been covered from within. A covenant vessel, covered within, covered without, we are now enabled to complete the journey. To withstand what would destroy us if we did not have his covering. We are an earthen vessel, covered within and without. My favorite Bible I grab around the feast is Bollinger's Companion Bible. <clears throat> and it makes a very unique 
It's really profound. Small little statement concerning this. Bullinger in the Companion Bible on the ark being covered within and without. He makes this comment. He said, it is only atonement. It is only atonement that can keep the waters of judgment from us. It is only this day, atonement. So let's look at Isaiah 54. Just as the ark was covered within and without, so are we. Covered and cleansed. Enabled. Equipped. Like Lawrence has said so many times, we can be faint, but we are pursuing. And the only way we can still pursue is to be covered within and without. Strengthened and enabled by what he has done for us. Isaiah 54, in commenting about his everlasting kindness, in commenting about his mercy, our Redeemer says this. He says, for this is as the waters of Noah unto me, his everlasting kindness and mercy. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me, for as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with you nor rebuke you. Now listen to this next verse. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, says the Lord that has mercy on you. Covering within and without is his mercy. We walk and do everything in his covering. We walk and do everything in the abundance of his mercy. Well, inspired as he was, David, he says that we are to bless the Almighty with all of our soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. But then he says, and not forget his benefits. Bless him with your soul, all of your soul, but forget not all of his benefits. And throughout that psalm, there are many incredible benefits. The healing of our diseases, the forgiveness of our sins, the fact that he made known his ways unto Moses is a benefit. But he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. A merciful covering of blessing and benefit. That as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And he closes out that particular psalm by saying, he remembers that we're dust. Praise God. Praise God that He remembers that we are dust. And in that everlasting kindness and in that unsearchable riches of His mercy, through His atonement, He has covered us within and without, enabling us to one day walk with Him and be with Him and spend eternity with Him.
Everyone, it was manna that sustained them in the wanderings. That manna was a provision that was supplied by God Almighty to, to know. He said, you've been given manna so that I may know what it is in your hearts. And he found out what was in their hearts. But the manna was given because he knows our frame and he remembers that we are dust. He knows our frame and praise God that he does and and I cannot continue to say enough praise God that he has provided the covering that he has provided to us within and without because it will enable us one day to partake of what? The hidden manna. I want to partake of that hidden manna that Jesus will offer. Covered, we can. Well, in closing, we have been covered and cleansed. Covered and cleansed. Within and without. In Messiah, in Jesus, we are clean before the Father. We've been covered by His willingly shed blood. Willingly shed blood. And what thrills each one of us are the continued lessons. The continued lessons and the continued teaching that He will provide each one of us as we stay covered and as we stay within and upon the revealed path that He has shown. And that is the revealed path of His appointed times. Well, everyone, I want us to think, meditate, pray, praise, and worship God Almighty for this Day of Atonement. It is such an incredible bridge while we are in this flesh from trumpets to the Feast of Tabernacles. It's so incredible, the richness of all that we have about this day in Scripture. And it's my prayer that each of you have an incredible remaining few hours of this day as you start getting weaker, you start feeling more and more like dust. Praise God, He knows that. He knows our frame. And He's covered us. We've been covered to rejoice before Him. The atonement has been made. And now it's time to start thinking about camping out with God.